Hey, mamas, and welcome back. Today, we are going to round out this free fear workshop. It's the last piece of the puzzle. It's part three, and I am hoping to inspire the heck out of you today with the power that you hold and with a story that reminds you that joy is not based on circumstances. We're going to get right into the episode today. Before we do, I, of course, want to read a review, and today it's from Mama of Twin Girls. She says, inspirational. I love a mama-themed podcast and one that's so uplifting. I love that you're an open book. It's so refreshing. Love you, Mama. Girl, I love you too. Thank you so much for leaving that review. You guys, I'm running out of reviews to read. If you're loving the podcast, if you're listening, please let me know about it. It makes my day. Okay, I'll stop. (laughs) We'll head into it. Let's knock out part three. Let's let you be the master of your fear. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone. And that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the bark. <laughs> it's mama time. Hey, babe. Okay, so today we are about to make you a master in the fear of the unknown and help you choose joy daily. Up to this point, we've learned about our relationship with fear, how we react when we hear our fear's voice, the intention and the purpose of fear, how to give it the attention that it requires, and lastly, how to make sense of each fear, discerning our truth from its exaggerated perception. With this new picture in your head, this new vision We know that our duty is to drive. It's fear's duty to steer us from the danger from the backseat. And it's truth's job to co-pilot and keep us from swerving into the guardrails. And we know that between you and your truth, you've got the access that you need to turn up that joy. Today, I'm going to talk you through how to do that. Keep your eyes on the road, rely on your truth to keep you honest while dancing it out to the sound of your joy. Yep, girl. <laughs> Build that image up. Get as much detail as you can. Make it come alive. This is your life. Windows down, wind in your hair, driving towards a sunset. Sure, a few bumps in the road, maybe a swerve or two around roadkill, a few knocks to your bumper, but still chugging along, grateful for the gas in your tank and the faith in your heart. All right. I think that's enough. <laughs> I think you get the point. Let's get to work. So in the last episode, we learned the four traits of fear. Today, you're going to learn how to use those to your advantage by, one, uncovering patterns and triggers, two, curating joy, and three, practicing gratitude. So one, we want to uncover patterns and triggers so that we may expect, anticipate, and prepare for our fears. And I want to say something right up front. I realize that life throws us changes that we have no way to prepare for. 
It's like trying to prepare emotionally to become a mom. You just have no way of knowing because you encounter emotions that are totally new that you have never felt. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those fears that come within the attachment to an outcome, to that lag time. It's in these times that we might fall into a pattern of of anxiety and high emotions based on certain events, schedules, appointments, cycles, subjects that, (laughs) that are brought to light expectations that are set forth, words, phrases heard, etc. A friend of mine referred me to a podcast called The Awakened Pregnancy Podcast with Kate Cattle. And I really would highly recommend you guys listen to this if you are also experiencing um, conception struggles or if you're just wanting to have an experience, a pregnancy in the most magical way possible. Kate's voice is so soothing. She's such a calm energy and she's Australian. So uh, you can't help but love listening to her. Anyhow, one of the first episodes I listened to was how to navigate that two-week wait with ease. And she talked about the energy shift from the first two weeks of your cycle to the last two weeks. Those days where the angst just about kills you and you are dreading seeing that single line instead of two. She is the one who made me realize that there are patterns like this, triggers, if you will, around this type of fear, fear of uncertainty, of lack of control. So you can thank her if this this ends up working for you. Now, I want you to think about that fear that you laid out in your homework. If your anxiety is around whether or when you'll finally become parents and you're worrying over when you'll get that cough that you've been matched by the social worker. Do you find yourself just so down when you've hit the end of the week and you've not heard anything? If you're worried that your child isn't walking yet, and so every time you go and hang out with your girlfriend who proudly brags about her kid walking since nine months, do you leave senselessly afraid that something's wrong? I know that in my current fear that when I look at my app and it tells me that I've got 12 days until I'm going to take that pregnancy test, that becomes my focus. You guys, I will check my app every day to see that that weight drops by a day. I begin assessing everything about my body. Multiple times a day, I obsess over the what ifs. What am I going to do if it's a positive? What am I going to do different on the next cycle if it's a negative? While I think some of these thoughts will always accompany me each month, since starting this new practice of learning to anticipate the emotions that arise in this luteal phase, I've been more at ease. I understand why I am so invested in this, but I know where it often leads me and I choose to distract myself from this attachment to work my way closer to the joy available to me right now. So for me, there's a monthly pattern, the end of ovulation and the start of luteal phase and my triggers, the fertility app, (laughs) starting conversations about those what ifs with Cameron. And yes, sometimes conversations around pregnancy and pictures of pregnant women or having chats with girlfriends that just had a baby or who are pregnant. And while there's not really a whole lot else that I love more than talking to these women and talking about these subjects because it brings me so much happiness, I do know that it can trigger an unwanted spiral. So can you stop to think about your own patterns and triggers around this fear? I want you to ask yourself these questions. This is your practice. This is your exercise. Ask yourself, where do I recognize this fear from? What other times do I experience the same anxiety? Do I come into contact with a trigger on my device? Is there anyone or any experience that triggers my fears or reminds me of that outcome? 
What time in the day, the week, the month, the year do I experience this fear? Do I talk about this outcome or scenarios of my fear? If so, to who? Do I consume anything via phone or computer or TV or reading, etc., that can trigger my fear? Do I have any physical responses to this fear? When does my fear remind me of this outcome, this particular fear? When you are aware and you can identify when these fears come alive, you can anticipate, prepare, and recognize the emotions and the physical responses. You can take precautions and minimize exposure to your triggers. For me, this is deleting the app from my phone until it's time to take that pregnancy test. I know I won't forget about it, and it'll help me break this habitual trigger. It doesn't mean that I don't talk to my girlfriends who are pregnant or who have wee babies. It means that I shut down my scrolling time on social, which I should do anyway. It means that I knowingly might feel more around this conception struggle after I talk to my girlfriend who just became a mom. But I can feel grateful and happy for my friend. I can truly enjoy the conversation and and that energy connection. And I can also recognize that the emotions that are coming afterwards, I can recognize that as my fear working to protect me from falling too hard. What it means is that when fear arises, as we knew it would, we say, hey, I recognize you and I know why you're here. Then we remind ourselves of the true beliefs we've uncovered in that exercise from part two of the workshop through getting to know your fear and deciding whether it warrants your energy, whether it warrants action, or whether it warrants you to just surrender and have faith. And since we've identified when and where this fear arises, we can take proactive measures. We can love on ourselves. We can pour into ourselves, distract ourselves from the outcome. We can curate joy. And that brings me to number two, curating joy. You guys, when it comes to how we choose to let our fear affect us, we can let it drive, ensuring that we don't get anywhere, or we can simply allow it to have an opinion. One that is heard, but isn't taken to heart. I mean, remember who we're talking to here? <laughs> Nervous Nelly? You gotta remember that. So many of our moments spent in joy are chosen. We choose to put fear to rest, to surrender, to have faith and just live in gratitude for the blessings and the moments that now we are living in. I want to take a minute to acknowledge a miraculous lady and let her be the testimony we need to hear today to remember that it's all perspective and that even with faced with pain and struggle, you can choose joy and you can choose to live beyond the fear. So we've been building a relationship with a couple that live in our neighborhood Daniel, uh, the husband, is actually from Fairbanks. So when we moved into the house, our last complaints were a really great conversation starter, and we quickly connected. His wife, Blair, who's from our area, she's this beautiful, genuine, funny, feisty, faith-fueled woman who survived six years plus of treating ovarian cancer. And she passed last week. She was 33 years old. And though we really only got to hang out with both of them just a handful of times, Cameron and I really, really enjoyed her company. And I always wanted to spend more time with her, but I always found myself afraid that the bouncing toddler, Miles, would suck out all the energy that she, that she really needed. 
I wish now, of course, that I had just asked and found a way to make it work and get to know her more and, and to really learn from her. While we don't know the full story behind her treatments and the journey over the years, we do know that she had countless surgeries. Over the last eight months, it just felt like they kept running into complications and her medication was constantly being changed and she was always enduring new symptoms and just and just grasping for ways to feel any sort of normalcy or retain energy in her day-to-day. With all of this, her parents and Daniel told us that Blair said that the last six years were the best years of her life. You guys, she was fighting ovarian cancer. And that entire time, those full six years were the best years of her life. Is that not profound? Blair and her family have been on our hearts daily. And I find myself thinking about her statement and complete awe and admiration and and utter happiness. You guys, Blair knew the value of life the value of each moment, each breath. I hope for all of us that we may know this kind of joy and complete gratitude for all the little things, that it doesn't, of course, come by illness or hardship. I don't want that for you. But if so, that you live like Blair. Even if your time on earth takes you into your 80s, life flies by. Think about how often you look back on a Friday and realize that you were just living on autopilot all week. Life is short, but it's packed full of opportunities to live it up, to experience, to fall and then grow, to love. Living with a focus on all the possibilities, all the outcomes wipes us out. We no longer have the energy to do the things that we truly love. And that brings us to our next exercise. I want you to start by listing out all the things that you value, your family, your health, your mental health, your dogs, you time creative time, church, community, quality time with girlfriends, reading a subject you're passionate about, hobbies, maybe baking, tennis, photography, writing, singing. (laughs) You'll probably find that they're going to get more detailed as you go on. So keep going. This is you finding you again. And we can't lie that we lose sight of so much of this as moms because we don't think that we have time because we don't think it should be prioritized because We will find ourselves living on autopilot. So if you're on a roll, just keep going until you can't think of anything else. Then turn this value list into a menu of options. You remember those from our early episodes? So if you value your health, maybe that option is pulling out the jogging stroller or going for a run. If you value church community, maybe your option is Bible study, which of course might be virtual these days. (laughs) If you value time, make sure that you're getting some. Create an environment for yourself and pay for yourself. If you value baking, your option might be trying a new recipe on Sunday. We all value family, so this is your opportunity to create some fun, cozy time at home. Maybe a slumber party in the living room. It's like one of my very favorite things to do. Think of this lag time as a time to pour into yourself, to jack up that level of self-care, overflow those buckets, and put fear at ease. Choosing joy also means choosing joy over what doesn't and then crowding all that stuff out. You know what doesn't bring me joy? (laughs) 10 minutes wasted mindlessly scrolling social, seeing all the perfectly curated photos, ads that make me think I need something, 
that trigger me into wanting to buy things to improve my life, to want to look a certain way, to wishing that I had the same marketing skills, wishing I had money to just throw around and buy all the high dollar Christmas decor from West Elm and Pottery Barn. Honestly, it turns me away from the things that are actually my style, away from my true values, what makes me me. Is it obvious that I recently watched <laughs> The Social Dilemma? You guys, don't worry. We're going to hit on this in a later episode and break our social addiction because 2021 ain't got none of that coming. Okay, I digress. Okay, what else? People? Do you have negative, energy-sucking people in your life? If so, you got to limit that time or they got to go. If it's a coworker, politely remove yourself. It's not rude. It's survival. You may not realize it, but they weigh you down more than you know. Other avenues of consumption that don't uplift you. Really think about and decide if it's doing you any favors. Maybe just cut it out, or at least during this lag time when you're susceptible to your fear, maybe just really reduce it. Take some time to think about what steals your joy and what might inhibit you from reaching your full capacity of joy. Our goal is to crowd that out and curate more joy. When you enter that place of fear, uncertainty, unknown, when you find yourself in that lag time, I want you to do more of the things that bring you joy and less of what doesn't. Couple this practice with identifying your patterns and your triggers, and you have a proactive plan that allows you to get ahead of your fear. It's you doing your best not to get caught off guard, falling farther and harder time after time. All right, number three. So this last practice I want you to implement is gratitude. This is a different one though, because I don't want you to just focus on this during that lag time. I want you to make it a daily practice. There is no tool more powerful in finding and choosing joy than practicing gratitude. Think about it. If every day you remind yourself of everything that you're thankful for, you'll see the good over the bad. You'll count your blessings instead of your struggles you'll see more opportunity for joy and less reasons to live in fear. The best part about this is that there are so many ways to practice gratitude. Pick your style and someone has come up with a way to implement gratitude in your life on the reg. You can journal each morning, writing one thing you're thankful for each day. You can do yoga and count your blessings instead of your breaths. You can say a prayer. You can meditate. You can write a letter to the thing or the person that you are grateful for. You can sit in stillness with your coffee in the morning and count all your blessings in your heart. Maybe you do a mix of all of them. I love to be well-rounded too, so I'm with you. Practicing gratitude helps you stay grounded, not easily jolted by fear. This is because you are reminding yourself daily of the things that you value, the things that you love, the things that bring you joy. If you start your day with that, joy stays forefront. It becomes an easier decision each day to choose it over fear. It's the easiest thing that I will ever encourage you guys to do. It can be done in the car, lying in bed, at the dinner table, and it only takes seconds. But somehow it's one of the most impactful things that you'll do for your well-being and this beautiful life that's in front of you. I know that this had to be one of Blair's secrets. She could see past the potential outcomes, the complications, the pain, because she felt she still had so much to be grateful for. 
one day on this earth, surrounded by the people we love, the outdoors, our animals, worldly conveniences, modern medicine, a home, sunny blue skies, rain, a good book, the Bible, a comfy couch shared with the love of your life. It's all perspective. And at the end of the day, it's a choice. I know that you are capable of rebuilding this relationship with your fear. And I want so badly to help you through it. But in the end, you have to put in the work. My overall goal is to inspire you to grow and evoke thought and a way for you to learn more about yourself and give you practical ways to shift your mindset and get you back in the driver's seat. You guys, there's no magic solution because if there was, I wouldn't be struggling right along with you. However, I believe that there is so much power and inspiration. And if you let it, it will find its way to your heart. I've been inspired by a life that I barely knew. I hope it's a reminder to you that joy is not based on circumstances and that it's something you choose. Hey mamas, before you peace out, if what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.